Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. Good morning, Bethel Atlanta. Uh, I'd say nice to see you under normal circumstances, but it's good to be in your home. How's that? <laughs> uh, super excited about today. Honored to be here to share with you guys and uh, just to uh, share just what I've been hearing the Lord talking to me a little bit about. Uh, but um, yeah, I, you know, we are absolutely excited about what the Lord's doing with us as a body and as a church in this season. As you heard, just, um, you know, the last couple reference, just our building project and walls going up. Uh, you know, we're in great anticipation for what's to come. So we're, we're absolutely excited. It has not been a, a, a smooth journey. And uh, it's kind of what I'm going to share with you a little bit this morning is, Oftentimes, our journeys with the Lord aren't always smooth. If you've followed the Lord long enough, I'm sure you've figured out that uh, sometimes he says, uh, go here, and it's not necessarily the easiest uh, uh, route when we get there. So <clears throat> yeah, so I'm going to share with you guys this morning, I feel like the word, a um, little bit of the word that I have, you know, is a little bit of a word of exhortation. I feel like, um, I feel like it, it's, it's a word to kind of draw the body near and draw us up. Um, maybe a little bit closer to um, who we are in our identity, uh, a little bit closer to who, are, who we are in our call and uh, what we're here for and, and, who we're, and who we're doing it with. So, yeah. So I've been hearing this um, message just a little bit about our assignment and things like that. And I've been, uh, sh- have shared a little bit pieces of that over the last several months. And, um, but last night I, I wo- got woken up uh, if that's a word, <laughs> uh, I got awakened uh, in the middle of the night by like 2.30 in the morning, and, um, and I had this phrase in my head, and I heard the Lord say, uh, radical obedience requires radical discipline. And as I heard that, and it was, of course, kind of on the backdrop of what the Lord's been talking to me about with um, our assignment, kind of, you know, where we're getting our assignments, what it is that we're doing, um, who we're doing it with, and how we're doing it. So, as I've been just been chewing a little bit around this word about our assignments, um, I get this thing in the middle of the night last night, radical obedience requires radical discipline. And so, I just started unpacking that uh, even a little bit last night, and then a little bit this morning, um, in the context of what the Lord's been speaking to me about is a, a, a word about um, kind of our, where we're getting our assignment, where we're getting our due. Because if you, if you know, we were all made to do. I know we were made to be, <laughs> but we were made to do. And uh, figuring out what to do and how to do it and where we get that what to do from is absolutely imperative uh, in terms of the effect that that do is going to be. Can we say it like that? You guys roll with me? So um, I want to share a verse uh, with you guys. We're going to read out of Matthew 4. Uh, no, let's go back to Matthew 3:16. Uh, After being baptized, Jesus came up and immediately from the water, and behold, immediately from maybe I said that twice. Let's start over. After being baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were open, and he saw the the Spirit of God descending on him as a dove and like lightning on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And then Jesus was led. Oh, let's, before we get there, let's, let's kind of revel in the glory of what just happened. 
After being baptized, Jesus coming up from the water, the heavens are open, a dove comes down, a sound like lightning comes on him and says, behold, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Isn't it funny how we have these moments of crazy, crazy encounter or crazy hear the word of the Lord. We, we, we hear a what to do. We hear an assignment from the Lord and it's like I'm having this glorious mountaintop experience and I know what I'm here for. I know what I'm doing. I know who I'm serving and fill in the blank of whatever revelation that we get that's from the Lord. And we have this crazy moment. And I, you know, I think what's typical and especially, you know, a little bit in our culture, you know, we're obviously a massive prophetic culture. We really are, uh, care about what's coming out of our mouth so that we're not prophesying uh, death. We want to prophesy life. We want to speak life. We don't want to speak death. And so while you have this as a kind of a backdrop of our culture, um, it, it, if, if we're not careful, what it does is it, if we weigh too heavy on that or swing the pendulum too far, we don't provide ourselves room with sometimes real hard things that happen in life. And when real hard things are happening, but we don't want to speak negative or bad, we almost don't know how to process it. And the reality is, is if you've followed the Lord, when he calls you into something or he declares something over you or gives you a word, oftentimes it leads us into a series of events that are challenging. And if we don't have a place to process that, we, we might actually try to fight it when we're trying to, and what's happening is we're trying to fight the very thing that the Lord is doing. So we want to share what happens the very next thing, this crazy miraculous moment, right? Heavens open up, the dove lands on the shoulder, and uh, Jesus hears, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. The very next verse, now then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Like, <laughs> we we don't want to prophesy bad things, but we want to be aware that challenge things, challenging things happen. And what's odd is when the Lord's doing something, he's refining us, he's forming us, right? He's like Paul says, I'm at work until Christ is formed in you. Like, we're, we're, that's not going to happen easy. And there's a little bit of something in the back of our mind that thinks when God calls us into something, it's just going to be easy, and it'll be easy in terms of there will be grace to empower us to get through it and to walk through it, to come out the other side stronger than when we went in. But it doesn't mean the process is going to be necessarily easy. And like I said, if, if you've been with the Lord long enough, you've, you've got experiences like this, right? And so kind of want to share this morning a little bit is radical obedience requires radical discipline. Like, when I hear the word of the Lord, I have a mountaintop experience. When I have a moment where it's like the Lord's leading me into something, um, you can bet that you're going to find yourself going against some current of your normal, whatever it is, because the Lord's taking you somewhere where you haven't been. It's going to require you to be something you've never been. And so as he's bringing in to, to give you a word, a mountaintop experience, oh my gosh, the heavens opened. I know what I'm here for. We can't be surprised when we find ourselves against the current. Like, I think that's where a little bit of the exhortation word I was feeling strong about is, I see us, I see us. And I've been in that too, where I see us getting surprised when things are hard. And then what inevitably happens when it becomes hard is we get derailed from the original assignment. 
we get derailed from the original word. And we start going down and start fighting battles that aren't ours to fight. It's not the battle, it's not the assignment that we were given in the beginning. You know, when we look at the life of Jesus, you know, we can look and see, you know, his assignment was to reconcile humanity back to the Father. That was his assignment. Nothing derailed him and a variety of things tried to. From a temptation in the wilderness, uh, you know, through all the way through, who knows what happened previous in his life, right? But then all the way through uh, the gospels, you can just read all of the demands of society, the pressures of, of the culture of the day, all of the, the, the white noise, if you will, even the demands of people he was there to serve were trying to pull on him in different directions. And while he provided solutions, he knew the real solution was gonna be the reconciliation of humanity back to the Father on the cross. What's wild is that he was answering a question nobody was asking. The solution he was bringing, nobody was asking about that. Nobody, nobody had that in their mind. They had a different expectation of what they needed from him. But he wasn't deviated from his assignment because he stayed steadfast, which required extraordinary discipline. And, you know, we've, if you've walked with the Lord long enough and have history with the Lord, you know you, ha you have stories like this. You have stories where <clears throat> the Lord's drawing you into something and, you, and it requires you to be intently focused uh, and, and steadfast in what he's putting his hand, what, what you're putting your hands to in order to stay, stay true to the assignment that he's given you. Um, you know, I don't share this message too much outside of, you know, I'll share this with my students in our, in our school. Um, but, um, you know, this was our experience when we moved to Atlanta. Uh, when we moved here, you know, it was, it was a wild, it's a wild journey, a wild story. Uh, we had had, a, we were about a year into preparations of moving uh, actually to Australia to another uh, church and to work at another church. Like that was about a year into these preparations of what we were going to do that we felt the Lord on. I mean, we processed it all super well. And, um, and we thought, well, we better come out and visit the Stockmans because they've been, you know, life friends since we can remember. And uh, we, uh, we, we were come out here to visit. And as I got on the, the plane, I heard the Lord say, hey, uh, I'm going to throw you a curveball. And, you know, I'm like, okay. I got my ears open, my spiritual eyes open and pay attention. And over the course of about three days, I, I didn't have words for it. I just knew we, we need, there was something in Atlanta we needed, like we needed to come here. And, uh, and I didn't, it, none of it made sense. Um, it was, you know, a clear word of the Lord. It was a clear assignment from the Lord. It, it made less sense than what we were doing. And what we were doing already was a bit challenging. <laughs> but this made less sense. I didn't have a job. I didn't have a ministry opportunity. I wasn't, it didn't look like an upgrade for me, if that makes sense. Like, it didn't look like we were moving from glory to glory. Uh, it looked like we were jumping off a cliff and just hoping the Lord was going to figure it out for us, which is inevitably what happened. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, we didn't even have a place to live when we left. Uh, we were in, the tra in, our, in, our, in our vehicles traveling cross, cross country while people are, you know, over here scrambling for us to get us uh, a house to live in. And, um, you know, we had a plan. And in our plan, we were, we had a chunk of money. We we're going to, you know, take care of, I had, a, I had a very successful business that was going. We were making very decent money. Um, you know, 
it didn't make sense to just let it go, turn it off. I didn't sell the business. I just literally turned it off. And none of it made sense, but we had a clear word of the Lord. There's something in Atlanta. And so we came and we had a chunk of money. We were going to invest. We were going to start flipping homes. We were, I'm a builder. Like we had all these plans. And we get here and it was a rude awakening. That first year was the hardest year I've ever had in my life. And I've had some hard years. <laughs> uh, I've gone through some things and that was the hardest. And a lot of it had to do with, I was surprised. I was surprised that, it did, that things weren't working out. Financially, we started going to debt. I couldn't get work. The work that I got didn't pay the bills. Um, my own very trade, the things that I did to survive didn't make the money here that it did there. And so there was a radical, like I'm, I'm like scavenging, trying to figure out what to do, how to approach this, how to navigate this. Is it something I did wrong? Um, is, you know, really getting internal, you know how we do. And throughout the course of the year, I, I am like happy to say that it never doubted we were doing what we were supposed to do. I doubted maybe how I was processing it or how I was handling it, but I never doubted that we were doing what the Lord said to do, which was go to Atlanta. The assignment was clear. And so in that process, you know, it, it's not like a year later, I had to, I had to start a new career. Like everything shifted. We, we didn't have the chunk of money anymore. We were backwards. It was like, none of it made sense, but we knew we were doing an assignment of the Lord, but it wasn't like it was easy. And I, th I think there's a little bit of a, a thing in the back of our heads that thinks life with the Lord is gonna be easy. And, it, and when we're going, we're trying to create heaven on earth, which is contrary to what's here. Of course, it's not gonna be easy. The think that we, it would be would, is a little bit naive. And, and maybe we're trying to be hopeful, but the real, if we can recognize what's happening, we can be obedient to the Lord, stay steadfast, and then watch the supernatural outcome take place. And I think that's the goal, right? When we're being obedient to the Lord and whatever assignment he's laying out for us, the, the, the outcome is what we're looking for. Not, not that I can do it on my own, because I can brainstorm and strategize and come up with plans and make stuff happen, which God will bless and, and can deem as good in the event that it is. But what happens when I jump off a cliff and nothing there but the Lord to show up? And when he does show up, it's an exponential, uh, 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 exponentially larger fruit, if you will. The outcome is absolutely supernatural. Man cannot do this alone. It's not what could have happened. It had to be God. And that's the life we were called to live in. We were called to live in that kind of a lifestyle where it's radical obedience. It's, but it requires this radical discipline where we're meant to stay steadfast. Um, you know, obviously the, the, the times of our age right now, right? There is all kinds of stuff. There is wild, it is so loud outside. Um, you know, I felt from the Lord uh, at the end of the year last year, getting a word for 2020 and, and surprise it was vision. <laughs> and uh, and uh, just along the lines of uh, the word for vision, was uh, I saw this, this picture of a, of a cameraman and, and he was given a lens and he had this lens that was a telephoto lens, but it was also a wide angle lens. And he was getting insight, you know, how you can have a focus and I can see, you know, the chair right here and almost, I'm so focused on the chair, I don't realize the backdrop 
of what's happening behind, that there's trees and there's beauty or whatever it is, right? And he was given this telephoto lens that allowed him to focus in on the backdrop. And what I heard the Lord say was, I'm releasing a vision, uh, an insight into my, 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 uh, my intentions over humanity. And then the, he was given a, a macro lens, which you know is those, you can look on a, you know, look on a, 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 at a drop of water on a leaf and you're like super up inside of it, right? And so then he's given this macro lens and it was like, all of a sudden he's looking, like went from here to here. And I, and I heard the Lord say, I'm giving you this perspective so that I can give you a narrowed focus assignment that what you'll see in the narrowed focus is gonna be your assignment. And he's handing out assignments this year. And a lot of it all ties in together with when I begin to, A, can I get myself above the white noise enough to see? And then can I see the narrowed focus assignment and, and then stay steadfast in it and not get derailed by the white noise around me? And it's the same, it's the same experience of probably any of our lives when the Lord's called us to something, it's just extraordinarily noisy out right now. And, and what I see happening is we, we can get derailed by what's in front of us rather than what we were called to. And sometimes what we're called to actually isn't gonna make sense. It's not the questions that the world is asking. It might be something different, but the whole purpose is that we would, be, uh, we would be pursuing what the Lord wants to breathe on in order a supernatural impact can take place. That it's not enough for me just to have an idea of what I wanna do or what, what the assignment I think I have that I'm moved by this or moved by that. What's imperative is that we're getting our assignment from heaven and then we're staying disciplined enough and steadfast enough to not waver from it that we pursue that with all effort and we gotta realize while we're doing that, it's probably not gonna be easy, which is the very nature of creating something that never existed. Of course, it, there's gonna be a process of, I mean, it's, it's planting a seed and watching it grow. It's not easy for that seed to get out of the ground. It's got a lot of work. <laughs> you know, Jen Stockman shares the, the message about the, the egg tooth and the, and the, and the little uh, chick that's trying to get out of the egg. It's, it's not easy but it's absolutely glorious when it comes out and you see a supernatural impact when we stay steadfast in the assignment from the Lord. Um, I said the real miracle, I was thinking the real miracle this morning is gonna be me speaking for like 25 minutes because that never happens. <laughs> but uh, uh, with this word that I got you know, um, at the end of the year, as he was showing me the photographer and all this, he then gives me this rebuke and he says, hey, it's gonna be really important that you don't partner with the spirit of cynicism in this season. And I was like, okay, okay. And of course, at that time, I'm, you know, I, my backdrop is, well, we're going from glory to glory. Everything is great. 2020 is coming. It's gonna be the best year ever. We're gonna just, it's gonna be phenomenal. I didn't have any grid, right? And, uh, and so uh, now I'm like, in here we are in the middle of the year and I'm like, being reminded of that word. And I feel like this is probably one of the most important pieces of this word now. Um, he says, be careful not to partner with the spirit of cynicism in this season. So I thought, I'll look it up. You're gonna laugh about this. this the word cynicism in its definition, an inclination to believe 
that people are motivated purely by self-interest. Could be called skepticism. Um, some words, uh, skepticism, doubt, distrust, mistrust, suspicion. Does this all sound familiar? <laughs> I'm reading this definition and I'm like, I'm just reading, uh, uh, I'm, I'm reading a, um, uh, a commentary on our society right now. I'm like, it's fascinating because the other thing he said was, it's gonna be important that you don't partner with the spirit because it's gonna be real easy to do so. And here we are, and, and I think even, even this, we can get caught up in all the things that are happening around, and, and you know, there's, there's a massive demand. The political spirit will require an answer from us for anything. They want a stance, a position. They want to know your thoughts, your opinion, and they already have an expectation of what it should be. And then as, as a result of you doing so, then they will measure you up where they put you in, in a box. That's, uh, the political spirit demands that. Uh, the religious spirit is also gonna put demands on us. And this is what we see when we go back to the life of Jesus. He wasn't, he wasn't wavered by the political spirit of his day or the religious spirit of his day. When demands were put on him with, what are the answers for this? What do you think about that? What's your position on this? He would give an answer that didn't make sense. It was irrelevant to them, even though it was the truth, but they couldn't see the truth yet because they were, he was actually gonna go put, it, uh, his assignment was to reconnect humanity with, reconcile humanity with the Father so that that would then make sense. So we've got to ask, what is our assignment in our season? Where are we getting our assignment? Is it coming from heaven? Are we, are we above the white noise? Um, I, wrote, I wrote this, kind of some thoughts in it as I was, there's so much white noise attempting to distract and derail our, us from either receiving or even from completing our assignment. We must get our heads above the clouds and see from the vantage point of heaven. That's that word about the, the, the telephoto wide lens. We must see the perspective of heaven on humanity and on creation in this time. The Father is handing out precise assignments with a narrowed focus. I had a, uh, a, a leader in my life used to say, a knife cuts because of a narrowed focus. That's, we are meant to have that kind of an effect where we cut like a knife like that, we're just such a narrowed focus. So the Lord's handing out assignments from uh, uh, precise assignments with this narrowed focus. If we do not get our assignment from heaven, we'll get it from the earth. And while feeling like we are a part of something noble, a noble cause, we will, it'll be white noise just the same. For heavenly assignments carry a supernatural impact. Our assignments may not make sense. They may be counterculture. They may be opposite to society. They may be opposite to our friends. And it might not even be what we want. You know, we're very much pursuing our dreams. We have a big culture of going after dreams, but we know even in, 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 uh, uh, with Paul, you know, in the book of Acts, he, he so labored and, and so desired to go to Asia, and the Lord said no. I know this is what you want, but this is what I'm calling you to. And so there's element, we can't leave out these elements that sometimes our assignment may be something else than what the people around us are doing, or maybe even something that my heart, my heart doesn't burn for this per se. 
But he's like, but this is what you, I have put in you and you need to show up here so that I can show up and do my thing. It might cost you, it might cost you reputation, it might cost you money. There likely is gonna be a sacrifice in our, our, our obedience to the Lord and what he's calling us to and what he's calling us to put our hands to. You know, go back to David where he just says, far be it from me to give the Lord something that doesn't cost me. Like our, our posture of serving the Father and being a part of what we're a part of, a, a radical worldwide revival movement that's sweeping the face of the earth like it hasn't been seen for who knows how long, if ever. And we've got to get our head in the clouds to stay, stay on track. To remember that's what we're doing. We are a part of that. And when we get our assignment, my piece of the pie or my, my part to play even if it feels insignificant. It could be a, a single mom who has an intercessory gift to pursue the health of her city and intercede on behalf of her city and nobody ever knows. Nobody would ever know that's happening. He would look at her and in, from a political spirit standpoint or religious spirit standpoint, when are you gonna do something with your life? Why aren't you doing more? What's your stance on this? You don't, like, but yet she's doing her call. And in this time, more than ever, it's so imperative. We get our head in the clouds, we get into heaven, we put our head on the heart of the Father and let it beat and resonate in our spirit what is our assignment, what he's putting our hands to, and then be extremely radically disciplined in that assignment so that we can see the supernatural impact of what he wants to do in the earth and not getting caught up with what's on the left or the, or the right. You know what's interesting is the two storms we hear about with Jesus, he was either sleeping in it or he laid it to rest. His assignment was nothing to do with the storm. His assignment was to go across the way. His assignment was to reconcile humanity. The storm was just there. He's not worried about the storm. You know, when we had COVID hit and, and uh, you know, the first couple weeks I was still working. It was great. I didn't really feel the effects. And, and then all of a sudden I get a call from my main, one of my main clients and they said, hey, we're clearing the schedule for 30 days. And all of a sudden it got real. <laughs> I was like, whoa, uh, okay. And I had this real quick moment of like, okay, what am I gonna do? And I caught myself and I remembered back to the testimony of when we moved to Atlanta. And I thought, we've been here before. He's still who he is, and we're still who we are. The circumstances don't change that. They don't change the assignment. And knowing in my heart of hearts, if this means I've got to rebuild again, wipe it all clean and do something different, I can't be afraid of that. That's okay. God's been there before. He'll be there again. He's not going to change. I can't be surprised by what it may mean for me to pursue and be disciplined in following the assignment of the Lord on my life. It's not my plan, it's his. And we get to trust in him. And we get to really partner in, in, with faith where we have a conviction that he is who he is and that he'll always do what he does and he's only good. And I am who I am at this point knowing of how, however much that is 
and being faithful with that, like the conviction and, and faith. So I just want to pray for you guys. Uh, um, I know this is a bit of a, a strong word. It's a little bit of, an, like I said, an exhortation word. I feel like I'm, we're meant to call us up and, and, and kind of step into who we are, what we're here for, what assignment it is. And if we don't know what that is, getting ourselves in a position where we can hear that. And then the grace, I feel like we're gonna be imparting the grace to carry that out to see supernatural impact happen in our, uh, in our lives and in the lives of the people around us. And so, love you guys. I'm just gonna pray for you real quick. Uh, so if you can stand, once you stand in your house, if that's where you're at, I know you might be in your PJs or whatever, that's okay. <laughs> Got a cup of coffee. Lord, we just bless the, the body of Bethel Atlanta, the family of Bethel Atlanta. We thank you for who we are, who you've called us to be, the assignment that you've put on our house, Lord. Lord, I just, I just release a, a, a gift of faith that we would carry a conviction in you and who you are that is unwavering, immovable, that's a steadfast stance on the character and nature of a good father. Yeah, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for your faithfulness. And then I just release a, 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 a spirit of courage that we would be radically uh, disciplined in whatever the cost of staying steadfast in the assignment that we hear from you. Yeah, Lord, we just thank you. We just release ears to hear and eyes to see heaven and hear your voice, that we would be able to hear and see the heart and the plans of the Father for, the, for, for us, for where we're at, for who we're with. Lord, we thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness, Lord. We bless every single buddy here that's here at Bethel Atlanta. And we thank you for the absolute privilege to be a part of a, of, a, of a revival and a movement that's bringing heaven to earth like, like it's been unforeseen and who knows for how long has it ever happened. Lord, we thank you for the privilege to be a part of that. We bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.